The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson, and I just talked myself into quite a Sunday, huh? Yeah, I, I, out here thinking that just because LSU was able to get a win against Florida and not lose at home uh, to the Gators, that that meant that Ed Ogeron would continue to be LSU's head coach and we would not have any news on a Sunday when uh, when your boy was on on the shift. But uh, we we're, we already got our CBS Sports HQ hit in, breaking news, got on there with uh, big game Dennis Dodd. We got a little breaking news story filed to editorial. Ross Dellinger, Bruce Feldman, among those who got things rolling with the reporting that LSU and Ed Ogeron have reached a separation agreement. And that agreement says that Coach O will not be back to coach the Tigers in 2022. There's uh, more levels to this, including the timing, the financials, and where LSU goes from here. But, Tom, uh, are you... Where are you at with this? Like, are, are you glad that we're just moving on now and we can start just putting putting the uh, the specter of an of a coach firing in the background? I mean, we're coming to you live with an emergency podcast live on youtube.com slash cover three. I mean, I, I think if you're LSU, this was just you knew you were gonna do it. Like the whole world's known this was gonna happen. We were taught we've been like you said, we've been joking about it the last two weeks. Last week I was scared because I had to work on Sunday and I was like, Oh no, if LSU loses. I'm going to have to spend my day doing this. And we were joking about it. But I think that like, this is a situation where LSU kind of wants to avoid what happened with Les miles where he like, won himself another season. Yeah. They don't want, they don't want this team getting hot down the stretch. And then Orgeron, like you can't, okay. Now they go nine and three or, you know, whatever you can't fire him after winning six straight games or whatever to finish the season, that kind of situation. So they just, got it done now and it is it is so strange because like i i know that there are all sorts of reasons that you don't see as far as just the results are concerned for why this happened but just think like logically about how ed orgeron won a national title two seasons ago 21 months ago and he won a game he won a game 15 hours ago against a ranked team in an upset 
at home. Got fired. <laughs> yeah. And I call like, it like that's the top- that's the SEC. So what do you think happens for this team? Like before we get to the job, what do you do with LSU? Like when it comes time for trying to pick the games and trying to handicap, like what happens next? Like, I'm avoiding you, them. Just no chance. I mean, I think about like what we saw from the uh, from them against the Gators, where there's obviously some pride, right? No, yeah, for sure. But I mean, think about what we've seen with this team in the last few weeks. Like we've seen guys getting injuries and just shutting it down. And there are, you know, you hear the stories about how part of the reason LSU is making this move is because everybody in that locker room is kind of sick of each other. Oh, yeah. And now that the coach has been fired and you know for sure he's not coming back. Some guys might say, well, some guys might just have that personal kind of pride where they're going to keep playing hard just because that's what they do. But there are also going to be some guys in that team are just like, all right, cool, whatever. Yeah. I kind of think that LSU is still going to... So the problem is there's just not many games left on LSU schedule where they're going to be winning, right? So all you'd be doing if you think that they're going to be able to have some fight is you just think that they're going to catch somebody sleeping and cover the spread. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing too because like if you look at what they're four and two now. Four and three. Four and three. So they've got... They only need two more wins. But if you look at the rest of their schedule, like there's no guarantee this is a team that's even going to end up going to a bowl game. And now that they've fired Orgeron now, or at least there's been the mutual separation agreement, they've just got to figure out what weekend Ed's going to get Joe Burrow. But it's like, there's this is a team that could go one in five down the stretch, honestly, because they've got Ole Miss next week. They've got Alabama, Arkansas. Then there's the ULM game. But hey, ULM just beat Liberty. Maybe it could oh, beat LSU too. Come on. <laughs> and then it's got Texas A&M. But seriously, like, you could see LSU losing all four of those non-SEC games. Yes or SEC game. So it's, I don't know. This is a weird situation. I don't think it's really going to slow anything down. In fact, it'll probably be somewhat of a bigger distraction because now imagine fast forwarding, going into that Thanksgiving weekend, Ed's going into coaches final game, his final regular season game, maybe his final game, depending on bowl eligibility. And he's going up against Texas A&M who is coached by Jimbo Fisher who was hired at AM by Scott Woodward. Woodward. <laughs> and maybe at this point, you know, Texas AM's r- ranked right now and it's got that win over Alabama, but maybe by the time the season ends, like it's been a disappointing year in College Station. <laughs> so, like, you can already hear all the is this Jimbo's last game before going to LSU? But you're also going to hear like the James Franklin speculation, like you all, because this is a huge job. And now we've got two months of this job being open. And Let's not forget like what we saw with the Auburn gig last year. This is still an SEC school. This is still a school that literally just fired its coach less than two years after a national title and less than a day after he won a game. This is going to get really stupid, and it's okay. going to be really dumb for the next two months, and it's going to be fun as hell. It's going to be great content for us. Oh, no, listen, this is fantastic for us. I, I jokingly said in a meeting that um, with – USC opening up in September and November always being crazy. All we needed was for uh, LSU to make a move on Cocho in October. And then we've just like really given ourselves the maximum amount of breathing room because sometimes the huge jobs open up in December, but it's one of five jobs in a row. So we don't actually spend that much time talking about it. But you mentioned a couple of names there with James Franklin and Jimbo Fisher. So let's let's go ahead and spin this on into the the Scott Woodward um, you know, fantasy land as, as he's sitting there, the old saying is every good athletic director has uh, a list in the top, in the uh, top drawer of his desk 
with 10 names on it that would be coaches that you would call if all of a sudden you needed to go make a hire. Who do you think is on that list for Scott Woodward? And can we start with Jimbo or do you think that Jimbo is completely content and will not, after flirtations from time when he was at Florida State, you know, always having his name connected to LSU. He enjoyed his time when he was an assistant there under Nick Saban, and he's, you know, spoken fondly of the job. Do you think that Jimbo Fisher would make a move from Texas A&M to LSU? Do you think Lane Kiffin would make a move from Ole Miss to LSU? And then we can get on to sort of the James Franklin and more outside of the SEC family uh, type names. I think Jimbo's on the list. I don't know if he'd make the move. I think that if you make him a ridiculous offer. I mean, yeah, he'd make the move. Like, I, I think that you've seen you can win national titles at LSU. Like, Les Miles won a national title there. Ed Orishron won a national title there. And Saban won a national title there, obviously, first. But you, there's really not a lot of history to suggest that Texas a and I mean, Texas a and can win national titles, but it certainly seems easier in Louisiana, with <laughs> Louisiana State, where you are the flagship school the only real destination in a state filled with talent where even at texas a&m you've got plenty of talent in that state but you've got other schools to compete with to get it including other sec schools now who are going more and more into texas now that a&m's in the conference and the longhorns will still be joining them so i think the path to a national title is easier at lsu and i think if that's what jimbo wants and he sees what he's dealing with in a&m and he says I can go with a natty there. I don't know if I could do it here. And I don't know how much more time I get here to not win it before I'm the guy that's getting Orgeron. He might make the move again. I don't think it's likely, but if LSU comes and says, here's 10 million a year, of course he's going to consider it. I think that uh, Franklin is a guy that makes a lot of sense. I think he's a good fit. I don't know if LSU, if, if that, kind of situation in that atmosphere is going to be incredibly appealing to him. It might be, I think as far as recruiting acumen and all that stuff. And obviously he has some familiarity with the sec after spending all those years at Vandy. So I think that could be somebody you hear. I think Mario Cristobal is a name you're probably going to hear. And I, I think depending on what Oregon's willing to pay up to keep him there, I think the LSU job would be attractive to him. I think Lane Kiffin would go there. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> I mean, Lane Kiffin, we've already seen him. Like, he just left Tennessee after a year to go to USC, and Ole Miss could just be Tennessee to LSU, you know, because USC is a place where you can go win national titles. It's a blue blood program. LSU is a place where you can win national titles. It's one of the top jobs in the country. He might see that as a step up. And plus, let's be honest, like, you don't think Lane would enjoy it? He's already, like, Lane... Lane enjoyed getting golf balls thrown at him on Saturday night. Like he was, you know, even after all that stuff happened, as he was leaving the field, he was still egging the fans on that were still there in attendance. Like he would love to start this rivalry between, not start it, but you know, really add another thing to the rivalry between Ole Miss and LSU by taking that job. He would, he would relish it. It so, is not lost on me how Lane is having a flourish season here in 2021 in so many ways. He's just. He's the center of a college football universe right now. His own college football universe. Mm-hmm. Everyone's did, everyone did all the Tennessee retrospectives. You know, we're spending a lot of time going down memory lane to the tarmac and to leaving for USC. That would be uh, splashy. All right, well, let's, let's take it to something a little bit less splashy, I think, would be to try to get either your offensive or your passing game coordinator or your defensive coordinator 
from that tw- magical 2019 season where you go get Joe Brady, who's now offensive coordinator at the Carolina Panthers. I don't think or, Joe Brady's leaving the NFL. Would Matt Rule leave? Mm, no, I don't think. I think most coaches, once they get to the NFL, would rather just stay in the NFL, especially okay. now with the recruiting and the transfer portal stuff. Like Joe Brady, Joe Brady's going to be an NFL head coach. I don't think Joe Brady's the splashy college football name that no. I would associate with. No, Joe um, Brady is an offensive guru, which is exactly what NFL teams want. And if, if the Panthers offense does well, it's only going to be a year or two until Brady is an NFL head coach. He's not going to leave that for LSU, even if it is one of the best jobs in college. I just don't think that he's interested. I think Dave Aranda could make some sense, but I don't know if that's really who LSU wants. So who else is on that list of who LSU wants? I mean, Billy Napier, if this was a year ago, is one of the top names on the list. I don't know where that would stand now. I think Mel Tucker is a hotter name than Billy Napier as we sit here on October 17th. (laughs) Here's the thing. like, If I'm Mel Tucker, first of all, there's precedent that shows leaving Michigan State for LSU leads to very good things for (laughs) you. But secondly, if I'm Mel Tucker... I mean, I guess, you know what? No, never mind. It doesn't matter these days because, again, LSU just fired a coach two years after winning a national title and a day after winning. He so also skipped out on Colorado after a year. That's what I'm saying. I don't think Mel Tucker should even worry about that kind of perception because nobody remembers that anyway, and I don't think it matters anymore because loyalty, like, it used to kind of exist in this industry of coaching. Now it doesn't exist on either side. So I don't feel, I don't understand why Mel Tucker should ever feel compelled, but that would just be strange for him to go from Colorado after a year, take over Michigan state at an odd time and then leave Michigan state pretty quickly too for LSU. But again, if he does it, I, I it's probably the right, I mean, it's the right move because. Well, he's like, got that long history from Alabama and Georgia. Like that man's Rolodex for recruiting in the SEC yeah. is. Absolutely- he would kill it at LSU. He would yeah. kill it. So I, I mean, Look at what he's doing with Michigan State already. If then the kind of talent that they have down there, Mel Tucker would win a lot of football games at LSU. Um, to me, if I'm playing the if I'm cosplaying as Scott Woodward, which of course, what grown man doesn't cosplay as an LSU athletic director from time to time? I I would bet that Billy Napier says yes. Like, hello? Oh, oh, it's Scott. Yes. Yeah, yes, got him in. No, 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 it's okay. I've I've got a car ready. I've had a car ready ever since October 17th. I'll be there. Like I I would feel confident if I was LSU Athletic Director Scott Woodward that Billy Napier would say yes if offered the job he is interested, and I would feel pretty confident that that is like a decent place to land. Mm -hmm. That if LSU is introducing Billy Napier, they might say he was our first choice all along. You know, this scenario might mean that if Billy Napier is introduced as LSU's head coach, then the job might not have been offered to anybody else. But at least there were some other names that we've discussed already that might not have uh, decided to bite. But I still think that's a great place to be. Like, if I'm handicapping the future of the Tigers program, the way that Coach O has recruited over the last couple of years, I mean, we're talking about. Uh, number four recruiting class in the 2020 cycle, the number three recruiting class in the 2021 cycle. They're currently sitting on a top 10 class for 2022. TBD, of course, as a lot of those players are probably going to get many calls from uh, other coaches looking to poach and pick apart that class between now and the early signing day. But the sell 
of the team that you're coming to take over is very intriguing. Do you, I mean, do you see uh, any reason why Billy Napier would not even want to come? Because we saw the, we saw oh, his no, name. Billy Napier's, Billy okay. Napier's taking LSU if LSU comes calling. If he doesn't, I would, I would question his mental stability if he doesn't. I mean, it's just, I, I'm trying to think of like, like, I feel like of big names or obvious candidates who would say no. I think Joe Brady, I said, the other one I think is, I think Luke Fickle is somebody that could do well, do a good job there. I just don't know how attractive LSU and being in the SEC is to Fickle and leaving the Midwest. What's interesting to me, here's a question for you. Based on what we've seen, would you rather have the USC job or the LSU job? The LSU job. Okay. So you're willing to risk getting fired just because you haven't won a title in a couple months? Yes. Whereas at USC, they'll pay you forever just to go eight and four before they finally cave. I understand that you can look, I could sit out here and tell you that, you know, Los Angeles weather, the ability to win the Pac 12 South with two conference losses and just skate for seven years without making a college football playoff. But while that may seem like great quality of life, I just, I, I'm a little bit, um, I'm a little bit cemented in my stance because of our, our friend Barton Simmons, RIP Barton, who talked about those state championship days down in the Superdome <laughs> yep. in New Orleans. And guess what? 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A, 5A, 6A, everybody's Tigers and everybody's got purple and gold. Like the entire state, which is loaded with talent and great high school football players, are all LSU crazy. Like that is my LSU, Texas A&M. I break LSU. That is my LSU, USC. It's just there are so many people in the community who care so deeply in ways that I don't think are as widespread at Texas A&M, and I don't think the care is there around the USC community. Well, speaking of Barton, maybe we should campaign to get one of our hosts the LSU job, see if we can keep this streak alive and the Cover 3 coaching tree growing. Um, Kale Westbrook just mentioned in the comments, he said, Maybe they can lure Brian Kelly down. I don't think there's any way in the world that would happen, but I would think it would be hilarious <laughs> to see Brian Kelly in Baton Rouge. Just that would be funny to watch. And, not that, I, I, and I think he'd be good. I think they'd be good. It's just the personality-wise and where Brian Kelly's from and just like the, the angry Irish North, Northeastern guy in Baton Rouge seems like a comedy movie. Um. It where like he's just looking around all the time at people wearing funny clothes. He's like, "What's that about? Mm -hmm. What's that?" Yeah, he he doesn't quite get it the entire time. No, Brian Kelly is going to stay at Notre Dame until he's decided he's done coaching. Because you pull up that man, you you start to go all the way back to the Grand Valley State days, and you're like, "Oh, oh, he's done this a long time." <laughs> I definitely understand why he would want to move on. All right, do you? What about the the way that this? has ended with LSU. The separation agreement, um, according to Bruce Feldman, the plan is to pay uh, the $17 million buyout so that they can be able to move forward and get this process going. It is 21 months after a national championship. Are we always going to remember Coach O as like getting chiseled and being thrown in the same boat here? Or do you look at it with a little bit different context? No, I view it the same. It's okay. just, here's the thing. Like there are, off the field issues that you're going to hear about now, especially now that this has been made official, things will be leaked that they want to help, you know, so that way you control the narrative a bit more. Oh, cold blooded. Yeah. But let's not kid ourselves. You, 
any off-field issues that might be going on or locker room issues wouldn't be a problem if LSU is undefeated right now. Wouldn't be a problem if LSU is competing for a division title and SEC title to playoff berth. That's the real problem is that they've lost too many games since winning that national title. I don't, I'm not going to link it up to Chiswick. While the move might feel like getting Chiswicked, I do think that this LSU team didn't hit the floor. Like the floor was still five and five. Yeah. Like they didn't bottom out. They just, the SEC is different in a lot of ways. And I know that like people make fun of the, it just means more kind of thing, but in compared to a lot, like this is, it's national title or bust. And everybody feels like they can win a national title, even though there's clearly a pecking order in the SEC, as good as the conference has been over the years of a couple of teams who are clearly on top while everybody else is just, you know, fighting with them. But this is just how things go. It's crazy. It makes no sense unless you're entrenched in it every single day. Like I had a friend text me when the news broke. He's like, wait, LSU fired its coach. I was like, hey, he goes, didn't they literally just win a title? And I was like, yeah. He goes, what the hell? And I says, dude, it's just, that's that's the SEC, man. That's just how it works. Um, any other names that you would want to mention just in terms of uh, ones to keep an eye on or ones that you're particularly intrigued by? Heck, make a suggestion for Scott Woodward. Oh, I see that's the thing. I don't, there's really, I don't have a suggestion that isn't a name that makes sense because I, I don't think that LSU could just, if you're making this move, you can't just replace him with like a, you know, up and comer. You're trying to get a name. So I think that the names we've all mentioned are what, it's going to be. And I think most of them, honestly, it's not just one of those cases where you're connecting big name to big job and then just trying to hammer it in, see if it fits. I think there's a lot of big names who make sense for this job, who would be good fits for this job. So I don't think it's going to get past that. And I also think that it's an attractive gig. So they're going to get one of those names. It's just a question of which one will it be? Brent Venables? No, I don't, especially this year. I mean, Clemson's having such a down season, but I, if Brent Venables isn't a head coach by now, I just don't think Brent Venables wants to be a head coach. Is Would Matt Campbell take this job? No. This is not a Matt Campbell job. Matt, Camp, Matt Campbell will want to build the program in his you know, vision of what a football program should be, and it won't just be about getting a bunch of five stars and producing NFL talent. It's And there's all the... He could recruit to LSU because I think you and I could recruit to LSU but the other stuff that goes on behind the scenes is just not Matt Campbell's bag. Um, and I use the word bag somewhat. Intentionally. Yeah. Uh, not, not to say that this is uh, the, the bag, uh, a bag man, but uh, PJ Fleck was a, a name that I thought was interesting for the USC discussion. And I think he probably occupies that similar tier of a power five coach who's had one really good season and some good trending with the Minnesota program since he took over and obviously great success at Western Michigan. Does PJ Fleck seem like someone who could come into Baton Rouge and that, and bring enough, you know, sizzle. No, I think Fleck makes more sense for the USC job than the LSU job. I just don't think, I don't, I don't, I don't know how long his personality would fly. This is going to be so wild because it's we're going to have a lot of message board ideas. We're going to have a lot of local report ideas. And maybe this does just end up coming all the way back to uh, Billy Napier introduced as the new LSU coach, something that was thrown as like an 
offhanded comment, what, from July to, or excuse me, from like May all the way through the preseason? We'll see. But splashy hire are the two words that are being put together associated with Scott Woodward. This is a top 10 job. I'm uh, I'm fascinated to see how it ends up playing out. How about how about this one from WJW Willow in the comments? Hugh Freeze. I mean, I feel like it's a really hard sell after he just lost to ULM, but SEC West experience. He knows the conference. You know he can recruit. He's got an exciting offense. So there is the issue of scandal around LSU. And I know that Hugh Freeze's scandal is not related. True. Yeah. But still, still going to be something that you're going to have to wrestle with, at, at least in terms of being the leadership, the university leadership, you know, you're going to have to answer it. I would I say in, in terms of current and former Ole Miss head coaches, I'd rather have Lane Kiffin than Hugh oh, Freeze. Oh, so would I. Okay. I, I think Lane Kiffin is more likely. Tom Herman. I, that would be funny. Like Tom Herman's ready to go. Tom Herman is who it was supposed to be instead of Orgeron. So yeah. it, it would be pretty funny if they lost out on Herman, hire Orgeron, win a national title, and then fire Orgeron to hire Tom Herman. <laughs> it would be hilarious if LSU was out here introducing Tom Herman as its next head coach and enthusiastic about it. I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to be Bob Stoops. Uh, Mike Gundy is a fascinating position because that guy has been associated with so many jobs during his very consistent run at Oklahoma state, especially over the last decade or so. I don't, he hasn't left yet. Mm -hmm. It would surprise me if he, uh, if he took off and took this LSU job, but he, he very well could. I don't know. That's definitely splashy. Yeah, I mean, I f- I don't know how excited LSU fans would be for Mike Gundy though, because it's not like Oklahoma State's a recruiting, you know, wagon. Oh, that's true. Though, that's as true. someone said in the comments earlier, grapefruit could recruit to LSU. Yeah, no, that I mean, that's the thing. Like, obviously, we need to see long term. It's only the first year, but that was the worry with Brian Harson coming to Auburn as well, and that he wasn't really a great recruiter at Boise State, but he surrounded himself with a staff full of recruiters. So you can bring in somebody like that who would then bring in the staff to take care of that. But I don't know. I I think that there needs to be. I, I think in the SEC, more often than not, you want like a recruiting talisman you want like that charismatic figure that can really close the deal and then get that talent there because there's a lot of competition for it in that conference because there's a lot of good options for the players in the area yeah i'm gonna say no to chip kelly no chip kelly that's why that's why i never thought chip kelly would take the florida gig well i remember i wrote a column that said chip kelly was more likely to take the ucla job than florida and then i got yelled at by a lot of florida fans for a couple days until guess what chip kelly took the ucla job (laughs) uh we will be talking about this job opening for the weeks and months to come until it is finally announced well actually what one last uh either or for you no it's not urban meyer no way (laughs) if it's if it's urban meyer Urban just won a game. Urban's on a hot streak right now. Okay. Will USC or LSU be introducing their new head coach first? Oh, LSU. I think so too. Because I think LSU is going to, they're both in this, they're both swimming in the same candidate pool. 
And I think LSU is going to have more money to offer and it's going to be a more attractive job to most of the coaches. The locker room is loaded with talent and it is poised for instant success. It is, it is the best job available. The LSU job is open for 2022 and it is the best open job uh, on the market. We will see who ends up uh, getting targeted by Scott Woodward as we continue to follow this. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. We will be back on Monday, 3 p.m. for upon further review so that we can continue to share some of our notes from the weekend. And of course, we'll have uh, Danny Cannell and Bud Elliott weighing in and we'll have more and more information to be able to add to this developing story. Thanks to those of you who joined us on YouTube at youtube.com slash cover three. Reminder, if you subscribe to the Cover 3 podcast on YouTube, smash that bell that notification because when we go live in a situation like this if coach o gets fired or if lsu announces tom herman as its next head coach next week well then we will be going live to talk about it and you will get an alert so you don't even have to worry about uh trying to track us down tom thank you very much go bears Perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com.